0: Welcome to Scribe Babies Podcast. I'm Louis Stardust. I'm Tori of the best. Uh, this is a new thing that we're trying. Surprise. In In the year of 2024, uh, we've been wanting to do something new. I know that a lot of people um, seem to like me and Tori having just banter and conversations. They think
1: video. we're funny. Yeah, They like us. Thank you for liking us.
0: So yeah, so since we want to try something different, um, I know that some of you might have noticed that we aren't doing Scribe Baby 60 anymore, so in place of that, uh, we'll be doing more gameplay episodes and this podcast. Yep, this is what you're going to see, and I guess you're going to hear. Because we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also here on YouTube. So if you want to see all the things we're talking about, the pop-ups on screen, go to YouTube, and if you're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and let us know that you're excited for this. But... Today, we're going to be talking about every deck we played in 2023. We had a lot of episodes go out. uh, Technically, 22 CDH and EDH games this year, Mm -hmm. which is pretty good. So we're going to go through all of our decks. We're going to put them on an S-tier system, which means the S-tier decks are going to be the best decks that we're bringing into 2024 and we're stoked to play. A is can make it into 2024, but needs a little bit of work. Uh, B is, ooh, I'm probably not going to be using this deck again. It would need a lot of upgrades. C is... We're probably gonna just completely scratch this and use it for parts. See you later. Yeah, see you later. And D is uh, absolutely not never again. Yeah, dookie deck, dookie decks. So we're gonna rank them on that tier system, uh, and yeah, talk talk a little bit about like some behind the scenes aspects of filming these episodes, our favorite parts, things like that. So let's get right into it. The first episode we had launched this year was with our friends the Spike Feeders up in good old Canada. Yes, we went over there to film for their show, and then they let us film one episode for us and uh we played cdh we did and you played Kark and sakashima i did play Kark and sakashima so if you do not know this deck it
1: is a storm deck Kark is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell you flip a coin if you lose the flip you return the spell to your hand and if you win the flip you copy the spell and choose a new target for it it has partner so you could partner with any other partner commander uh and you partner it with sakashima of a thousand faces which, if you play Commander, you know this card. Um, it comes in as a copy of another creature you control, except it has the other abilities of Sakashima. And it has a Legend rule, so you can have multiple Legendary creatures of the same one. Uh, so yeah, you basically make two copies of Korok. You want to make many copies of Korok. There's many ways in the deck to do that. Uh, and you want to just copy all of the really good instants and sorcery spells that you have. Storm off and drain all your opponents. Kill them all with... Many different complicated, complex
0: ways. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun deck, but it's one I will never try to play. It's just a deck that, one, Storm makes my brain hurt. Mm-hmm. Two, the amount of um, Quark things, which I love what Ken does. And I know some other people do this too. They'll have like the Quark copy um. Mm-hmm kind of tokens and they'll use that to represent it because it's such a long and complicated thing but it is i think this deck
1: is probably going to be an a tier for me it would be s if i understood it a little bit better um i think with more practice and a better understanding of how the triggers work i would probably be able to put this in the s tier deck because if you can do this deck well it is a really good deck uh i think this deck's great Also, because it kind of forces you to learn how the stack works and how to stack triggers. So if that's something that you want to improve upon, you could try this deck out. Maybe just with your friends to see how it goes. But it was a good learning deck. Yeah.
0: If you watched that episode too, Tori has the most base proxies in
1: the deck. I picked ridiculous proxies because I was just like, you know what? Who cares?
0: Yeah. You have um, Dockside Mr. Krabs. Dockside Mr. Krabs. Um, waifu Tiddy. Waifu Tiddy, Force of Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some some choices yes, that so I made. It's definitely a, a silly deck. I love that one. Um, I played Winota, which if you know me, that is like my favorite commander. Um, Winota is a Boros commander. And whenever you have a non-human uh, attack you will look at your top six and put out a human tapped and attacking with it so uh, you basically put like goblins and silly little creatures in there and then hope that you hit big like stacks uh, humans and other interesting humans for the deck too I love this deck it was really fun to play on the channel I think I hard casted an Marauders which is like my favorite card in the deck it's so silly but for right now I think when I started playing it last year it felt like an s tier deck to me at this point it's kind of on the a tier um, the deck needs a lot of work and it's suffering in boros colors i think it had an upper hand advantage when the deck came out and in cdh especially but yes it is a deck that i will always hold dear to my heart and is a deck that i will bring into next year but will need some work so probably a tier the next episode we had this year was a table full of worms and that was with veggie wagon and mental misplay (laughs) Yes, it was a table full of worms.
1: Did I play the first sliver on this one? You did play the first sliver. I did play the first sliver in this one. First sliver is probably one of my favorite decks ever. So this one is a Wootberg Commander and it has Cascade. Um, So whenever you cast it, you get to start Cascading and all of the sliver spells you have cast Cascade. First sliver also is partnered or it has a companion, it has Gigantha. So Gigantha um, as a companion, you cannot have more than one mana symbol of the same type in any of the cards in your deck. So it had some challenges to it. That way, you know, you have to think about how you're building the rest of the 99. But Gigantha's great because if you tap Gigantha, you get Wuburg mana. So you can cast your first sliver way easier once it is inevitably destroyed by everybody <laughs> else who hates it. Uh, yeah, favorite deck to play. Everyone loves it. They love it. No one hates this deck.
0: I like it because it was also, um, this episode was called The Table Full of Worms because of that and Tempting Worm. Mm -hmm. So when Veggie played that, we all just put out a bunch of crazy cards and it was really fun. Uh, What would you rank this deck?
1: The first sliver gets an S for me. It is S tier. I think this deck is an S tier for me because it's disgusting. It has a bunch of cool creatures in it. It also has a wheel in it. So that way you can always keep cascading into a zero spell. I think the only problem with this deck is sometimes you have to mulligan correctly Because if you do not have the mana fixing or some cool little things to put out in your first couple turns, it can feel a little slow. But Gigantha's there.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like Gigantha could be, like, really good or a hindrance of the way of being, like, your deck has to be built really specifically. But Mm -hmm. you also get a huge advantage with Gigantha having all that mana, too. So, yeah, pretty cool. Um, I played a last roll blade of the elves so this was a pre-con deck uh, that had came out for a uh, cal time which is like right after we started playing I think it was like the mm-hmm. first set to come out or second set to come out um, I love this deck elves in general are very easy to play I think it's a great beginner deck if you want to get into commander it is a Golgari deck so it's green and black and she is a 2-3 with menace uh, whenever she deals combat damage to a player you make that many plus uh I'm sorry you make that many 1-1 elves it's pretty good you get her nice and big you make a bunch of elves uh if you have 10 elves you tap down 10 and laugh girl to drain the table for 10 and gain 10 so i think this commander is like an all-star i think it's always in the top rankings of edh rec as well Mm -hmm. and uh it's definitely an s tier for me we got a lot of new cards with the lord of the rings set this year that made it really fun to play i also think you got a lot of slivers this year too because there was like secret layer ones there were secret layer
1: slivers there was the commander master sliver deck to be honest i haven't really made any changes to the deck
0: i don't think it so. needs it but you could always look to see like, yeah there's new. always some fun things you can shift around yeah i think with like the typo or like kindred decks too um it's really easy <laughs> to find like a new switch for that and we've been getting really blessed with a lot of sets coming out so lots of new cards but i would also say that as an s tier deck for me mm-hmm. uh that was also one of the funniest games we played too so definitely check that i really was out. Uh, Our third episode was the CDH Rivals with Comedian and Mono White Guy. Uh, Both of these decks have been ranked because we played Winota and Krakashima here, but it is a good CDH game, so definitely check that out. The next game we played was Oops All Legends with Veggie and a girl named Ron. You played Kalia. I did play Kalia. Kalia
1: the Vast, my namesake deck, my pet deck, if you will. So Kalia, if you do not know, costs a colorless mana, a red, white, and a black. Uh, it's flying to 2 whenever it attacks an opponent, you may put a angel, demon, or dragon card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Uh, this deck is probably an A right now, as opposed to an S only because this commander is a hate on sight commander. As soon as you cast it, everyone wants to get rid of it. And it's a very commander centric deck. So if your commander is not in play, you are probably going to have some trouble because most of the rest of the deck is very large creatures that you're cheating out. I do love playing it. I actually just put some new mana rocks in there to add some ramp to it, which is hard in these colors, but had to have some fixing just so that way when Kalia is killed 10 times and costs 400 mana, (laughs) uh, you can hard cast the really good pieces in it. But this deck slaps. I I recommend Kalia to people who like to win by combat.
0: Yep. It is. Uh, we are combat girlies. We which are combat girlies. I think is fun because in this game I also played Yuriko, which is a combat girlie. Um, she's a Demir deck and she has ninjutsu which is one of the most busted abilities. On top of that she has commander ninjutsu so you will never have to pay that commander tax on her. It is a very great deck. Um, whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player you reveal the top card of your library. Put that card into your hand. Each opponent loses life equal to its mana value. So I like to put big spells that are like 8 drops, 12 drops even if they don't get played um to stack my deck with whatever spells i'm casting a scroll rack a preordain, whatever it is or ponder is the one that puts it back on top which one brain is not working whatever it is you do the cheap spell you put the big thing on top you flip it and just do that much damage um, i love this deck but i don't think it's a great casual deck it's very mean the commander gets heated out for sure but not in the way you think because people don't want to put her back in the command zone because she's so cheap they're, they're hitting your other stuff but it makes it really hard to politic that's a deck that you cannot politic with because yeah. either you get the gamble of what's on top you don't know or you're intentionally putting the big spells yeah there. you
1: can't really make a deal with anybody with that deck because yeah. you don't
0: know I think so so for me I would put it on a B tier I don't think um it is a great, like, casual commander. I think it is a good CDH deck. I think it's a good beginner CDH deck, and that would be, like, on my uh, A tier for that. But for casual, it's more of the B tier. I don't think I'm going to be playing that going into this year because I don't really think it fits the table the way I would like it to. The next episode we had, which was one of my favorites of the year, uh, was with Lady Dangle and I keep Lady doing this. Lady Danger. Lady Danger <laughs> and Rachel Weeks. And they had dragons. They did have dragons. I think they had Corvold and was Gizeth. 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 The the the, is it Glizzy? Yeah. The Glizzy. They had that. And I played my Mike and Eleven deck, so I also had dragons and dungeons and all that good stuff. And you played Miri. Yep. I did not play any dragons. Yep. Lo and behold, you're so close. Miri Weatherlight Duelist for one colorless, a
1: green and a white. It is a cat warrior. I love this deck. Uh, it has first strike. Whenever Miri is attacking, each opponent cannot block with more than one creature per comp in this combat. And as long as Miri is tapped, no one can attack me with more than one creature. Uh, this deck is S tier for me. It is probably one of my favorite decks ever. It was one of the first decks that I sat down and put a lot of time and effort into making. It's really fun. There's multiple ways you could build it. This deck I play as almost like a Voltron commander, also with tokens and some light stacks pieces. There's so many ways you can go about building this deck. You can either go full token route, full Voltron route. There's just so much you could do. Um, I think this is a really fun commander for people who are new to commander to play, especially because a lot of the green cards have so much synergy with each other. And it's also just fun. It's a cheap commander. A lot of the spells in here are cheap and... It's just a really good time. I also never really see people play this
0: commander often. I think it has a really cool ability. I also love that your sleeves are little Oliver sleeves, which is her cat. (laughs) They are. They are. My cat is a pirate. It's very cute. Yes. And I
1: have the secret lair, Miri, of just a little kitten.
0: I do love that. That was also... uh, I have a cat named Miri. And when I got her, I asked Tori for names and she said that. And I was like, it kind of is her. So that's my cat's namesake. And so I love when you play this deck. I think it's really silly. Yeah.
1: I think I need to put some new cards in the deck. There is that new cat from Ixalan that I have on my, literal on my desk at home, and some other cards to put in here that are new in green and white, and there's always new cool creatures coming out in green, so.
0: I think we also like, this isn't like a a bad thing, but we get so stuck on being like, this deck is good, why do I need to put new things in it? And until like a new big set, like for me, like Palani, I put like every dinosaur in, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't think we think about that until a big set comes out, but I think that maybe like every six months we go and revisit the deck and be like what can this get you know yeah what new
1: cool stuff yeah can I put in here
0: because I think they get so comfortable and good that you're like I don't want to change anything yeah I
1: don't want to I don't want to mess with it yeah it's like the Nestle Toll House cookies you don't mess with that perfect (laughs) recipe you know it's gonna be good every time
0: yeah the consistency we like it so I play Mike and Eleven like I said this they have a different name in whatever the other cards were I think it's like Sicily and something I genuinely couldn't tell you Um, but I play this because I wanted a cool five color deck and we love Stranger Things. Mike is kind of just there for color fixing but he can get things out of the graveyard so you could pay two colorless and tap Mike to choose a target creature in your graveyard that was put there on the battlefield this turn it returns to the battlefield tapped which is a good way to get things out of your graveyard Um, but the real all star of the deck is 11 she is a Grixis commander and your maximum hand size is 11 which we love whenever she attacks you draw a card and you lose one life then if you have 11 or more cards in your hand you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand without paying it's mana cost
1: broken Broken.
0: so this deck lets me play all the big sorcery spells so I can play like all the ultimate Items, i'll usually go for those uh conflux is a very good free card that you can get to get a lot of good cards out of your deck and it does a lot of things that i want to it gives me like a strong commander she's like a three five so it's not the smallest um this deck makes a lot of clues as well because we have hopper and max and will and lucas and all those characters from stranger things so i wanted it to feel like it's mike's D game and this is the the atmosphere for it. So there is dungeons, there is dragons. And then, like I said, there's those clue tokens, which we also will use like Academy Manufacturer to make uh, everything you can think of. So make a lot of tokens, do dungeons, do dragons. That's kind of the theme of it. It's a really fun thematic deck for me. I would put it in my S tier just because I think it's fun to bring to the table. We got a lot of new dragons and the d d set that came out last year or two years ago. 2022 <laughs> yeah 2022 <laughs> was very good for it so it's a, a great deck and i love playing it our next episode was let them cook with comedian surreal and you played timna Krom for the first time i did
1: play timna Krom. i i love timna and Krom. that's the blue farm deck they are two partner commanders i like playing partners like a cowboy so timna is a white and a black and a colorless it's got lifelink it's a 2-2 The beginning of your post-combat main phase, you may pay X life, where X is the number of opponents that were dealt damage this turn. And if you do, you draw X cards. You could draw up to three cards, which is pretty cool. And then we have Krom Ludovic's Opus. It is a Flying Haste 4-4. It is three colorless, a blue and a red. Whenever an opponent casts his or her second spell each turn, you draw a card. So this deck plays all of the good cards, draws you a bunch of cards. There's a lot of different win conditions in here, um... There's a Thassa's Oracle. Yeah. We love a Thassa's Oracle in this house. And there's just a bunch of other cool cards in here. I just know that this deck is played by a lot of the SCG grinders who go into CEDH because it just plays good cards.
0: Yeah. It is like the perceived best deck in the format. I don't really think there is like a best deck for CEDH, but it does all the things you want to. We have two really powerful commanders in the command zone that have a lot of card advantage mm-hmm. and card draw in general. And uh, you're playing some of the best colors yeah. possible. So
1: Yeah. You're playing everything but green.
0: Yeah. What do you think of it?
1: I love Timnacrom. I love that I am not good at it. So (laughs) that way I can always keep playing it to learn something new. That is my only problem with the deck. I think this deck is definitely going to be S tier because it is just one of the best decks. I'm just not as good at it because I don't really know the win conditions outside of the Thassa's Oracle that well. But I also know that if I took the time to sit down and play this more often, I'd probably do much better yeah i think that i think tinochrom is an s tier deck and i'm definitely going to be playing that more in 2024 and i'm going to try to but the whole goal for this year was also to find my my cdh deck that fits me well
0: yeah i think it's good too because it has a lot of the like essentials for cdh you have the underworld breach stuff you have the Thassa's oracle you have the like common cards that you'll see across a lot of these decks too Mm -hmm. and also like Heuristic study is very good with a card draw deck that lets you draw a lot of cards, anyways. Yeah. Uh, having a flyer that's super big and comes out very easy. It has haste, too, right? It does. Yeah, cracked. So, good CDH deck. I played Winota. So, we, we've seen Winota. We've heard of Winota already. So, we'll go to our next episode. The next one was Sliver Me Timbers with Bobby, Christine, and Drafinette, which was a great game to play. We love both of them so much. And it was really special to have a first like all girl pod or our second all girl pod. Second all yeah. girl
1: pod and the first commander game I won. Yes. You played the, the first
0: sliver again.
1: I did play the first sliver and I absolutely blew up everybody with the, um, what's it called?
0: Well, oh the blasphemous act. blasphemous act that yeah. was that was the one when the realization the of like you looking at this card being like holy shit can i do this and then once it got confirmed you're like yeah I'm i was like oh this. i can
1: just win right now this yeah. is awesome it was a very uh silly and challenging game it was and they're just great so
0: i played a thing that i think was a little underpowered which was a ridden stereo deck i literally call it my pet deck because it plays actually just cats and dogs and isn't super busted we had filmed a game before this where my deck was being way too scary and i wanted to kind of just power it down so i tried this i think this is a great casual deck i would definitely put it in kind of like the b tier like it's definitely a little bit underpowered it's a great casual deck but it's not what i would usually bring to the table so for every dog spell that you cast you create a 1-1 cat creature token and then for every cat that you cast you get a 1-1 one, one dog creature token so you make a bunch of those and then you'll use Rin and Sari's ability which is paying Naya and tapping uh, Rin and Sari to deal damage to any target equal to the number of dogs you control and gaining life equal to the number of cats you control so you can gain a lot of life and do things like that mm-hmm. I like to play it the silly way and so it is definitely not optimized but I could see it having some like cooler upgrades maybe in the future where i would enjoy playing this at a casual table it's just not on my roster right now our next deck was explosive cdh combos with surreal and Madanon, and this time you were the one who played winota
1: this was my first time playing winota and i had a lot of fun with it winota is really fun cdh deck it's a great deck to give to somebody like me who was not really sure what i was doing with cdh because it's kind of like cast this and then things will happen, and most of the things that will happen are good, because
0: it's full of good cards. It's a good, like, intro to CDH, I think, uh, for casual players, because you can see Winona in casual plans as well, mm-hmm. and I think she has a lot of really great abilities. I think it was easy for you, too, because it's basically, like, go punch, go wide. It's not a combo guys... deck, yeah. so
1: it's 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 nice that you don't have to rely on knowing what the lines are. Yeah. You can just kind of go.
0: Well, the combos we have is, like, Combat Celebrate and Kiki Jiki, which is gonna do what you want to do anyways yeah. it's not like too complicated so where would you rank it
1: i think winota is a a tier deck okay. yeah i think winota is the same issue with kalia where people kill it on site because that's how you win the
0: game with it she's pretty much impossible to play at um tournaments right now <laughs> i played Kitten. Kinnon- in Bonder Prodigy, which uh, was the second CDH deck I started playing because it felt so close to Winota for me. One, they're both Ikoria baddies, and two, Kinnan's ability is similar. So you can pay five colorless, a green, and a blue to look at the top five cards of your library. You can put a non-human card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library. So this felt very Winota-ish to me. Uh, Kinnan is only Simic to cast so one green and one blue and then whenever you top a non-land permanent for mana you add one mana of that type that the permanent produced so it's just busted it's really easy to get to the seven mana for that ability this deck plays so much good stuff and this commander literally just combos with basalt monolith which is like the easiest silliest thing you can do it's a two card thing makes it super easy you can get a mirage mirror out or some other spell to fix your mana that is colorless, make it into colored mana, and then go for some kind of infinite combo. I prefer to do like the Spell Tyrant or the Hullbreaker one where you basically are just putting your spells back into your hand and constantly casting those until you get to your win con. Um, This is kind of a, s tier deck for me i don't love to play it because it requires me thinking about every piece of mana consistently and sometimes those wins can feel a little hard to explain um i know when i have the win in hand it's just hard to execute them sometimes for me but i think it's a great commander this is a card where i don't even think you could really play it in casual because it's just such a strong
1: really good yeah
0: it's really good it's a two two for literally two mana. if he dies you're fine you can cast him next turn like so yeah great card Definitely an S tier deck. Um, I don't know if I will be playing too much of it next year, but I think it constantly gets like good upgrades and new additions to it. Deck is kind of perfect as is, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, after this, we played the Lord of the Rings precons, which is one of the most fun games we play with Ian and Steve, our partners. So if you haven't checked that out yet, definitely go do so. But moving on, episode 10 was with Joe Johnson and Anna Margaret. So that oh,
1: was a good episode.
0: This was a good episode. This was also the longest episode we recorded this year. Ever. I think it was like two yeah. and a half, almost three hours long. It was a long one. Yeah. So the fact that our editor got it down to however long it was, like an hour and change, claps for them because that was a lot. Yes. Um, this game, you played Earl. I did play Earl, the Stalker. Earl is two colorless, a green,
1: a white, and a red. Um, it's got hexproof. It's a 5-5, and it gets plus two, plus two for each aura attached to it. I love this deck. This deck was made in one of our Patreon building nights. So everybody in our Patreon had some help in assisting making this deck. It's basically playing a giant Bogle. It's super fun. You get to cast a bunch of enchantments and auras um, and power your all up. Because he will get a bunch of plus two plus two buffs from all the stuff on him. Plus whatever additional things you put on him. And he's hexproof. Uh, So it's a very fun, big stompy idiot deck. And there's just really good cards in those colors too. This deck to me is an... A tier I think because he's a little expensive so he takes a bit to get out this deck I think is something I'm going to tinker with for 2024 to make it a little bit better I know there's some really good cards in the colors I don't have that I should probably put in there some better enchantments and also I think there's just new cards in general that would do really good in this deck but I'm definitely going to keep it around because I have an awesome modfly altar the
0: philly fanatic (laughs) as Ural so yeah it's a great um, great deck it's it's a great deck to watch you play, too, because you're always like, oh, I have hex proof. It's um, great. It's very good. But I also, yeah, your altar, I think, really makes it special. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when you don't see a lot. It's very much like the Bigfoot deck. Like, I think it's a really cool commander, but you don't see it too often. So I, I think he's kind of underrated and really cool. You see him in the 99 a lot. Yes. But I think there's also great colors for the type of deck you're trying to build with that. In this episode I play Tatsunari. So when this card came out I was excited because it was the first time we had like a good Salt Thai enchantment commander but also there was a big frog and I love frogs. So um, whenever you cast an enchantment spell if you don't control a creature named Kami you create that frog. It's a legendary 3-3 black and green frog creature token with whenever you cast an enchantment spell each opponent loses one life and you gain one life so it's like life gain and life drain deck uh basically play as many enchantments as you can to do the thing you can also play one in a green or a blue so that tatsunari and target frog you control can't be blocked this creature except by creatures with flying or reach so i think that ability is pretty cool i like to also fill my deck with silly frogs mm-hmm. um so there's like you know uh what's his name roll knock like the green and the blue one get rogs in there i have some like silly low powered frogs too because you could just make it so a target frog can't be blocked that turn on top of kb if it's not there and yeah i think this is kind of like i want to say it's an a tier like i want to tinker with it but it's somewhere between a and b because Mm -hmm. i don't think it's the craziest deck but i do think it is one i definitely want to tinker with so maybe we'll say it's a and i'll see how i'm feeling after that i think i've played other enchantment decks which we'll talk about later but this was the closest to like what i want an enchantment deck to do and i think it's really fun to have um kind of the life gain and drain effect with it so I enjoyed playing this. And this was one of the most fun episodes we had. It's a really silly one. We got to play at the Quest for the Jank Lord studio, which we're so grateful for them for letting us film there while we were at MagicCon Minneapolis.
1: And it was a beautiful set. So yeah, it was really cool.
0: And we enjoyed that, which is awesome because our next episode was with Quest for the Jank Lord. Uh, We played Two Headed Giant. This is our first and currently only Two Headed Giant game we have on the channel. And we had gone there and played some CH with them on their channel. So check out that episode. It was very fun. In this episode, you played Miri again, and I played Auntie Blight. We went there (laughs) with our decks and uh, the guys are famously known for playing jank on their channel. Mm -hmm. And so when they said our only casual decks are extra turn decks, uh, we definitely did not... Come with the right decks to the party. Yeah, that was a bad choice. That was a bad choice. But we real zeroed and we were fine playing the game. Like, we weren't like, oh, absolutely not. Like, we went into the game knowing that that could happen. I just didn't expect it to happen as quickly. And it was um, awesome. It was awesome. It was really fun. The guys were super silly. They, the whole like insane thing that we, you know, try to bite off from them as well. But yeah so Auntie Blight is a mono red commander. She first appeared in Jumpstart. And I wanted to kind of try a task of like building different mono color commanders throughout the years or just last. Year in general and i got to a few of them so she is a 2-2 with flying uh three mana two colorless and one red to cast whenever a source you control deals damage to you you put that many plus one plus one counters on auntie and you can pay one in red to tap and remove x one one counters from auntie blight to do x damage to any target so this deck is kind of like a glutton for punishment deck you hurt yourself to hurt other people um i thought it would do really well for the two of us because like even if we took a little bit of damage, it would be yeah. enough to get them for their life total. And one of my favorite silly things is it does play a Wheel of Misfortune, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later. But it is a one spell combo with your commander to do enough commander damage. So I was like, oh, we can do that and kill them. When I died or when we d- died to-, to them in the episode, I did have the spell in hand. I thought it was too early to cast it. Which was a mistake because immediately after they popped got, off with extra turns. wrecked. So we could have had
1: it. We did it. We, we were th- like, no, let's be nice. This is supposed to be entertaining. And yes. And we just got
0: killed. And we got killed. But yeah. it was very silly. And um, I think we made some good moves in that game. So definitely check that one out. Our next episode was with Play to Win. This was a very highly requested episode. People have been asking for this for a while. I always joke that me and Tori are the uh, gender-bent version of Cam and Dylan. Because <laughs> uh, we same energy of, like, chaotic, silly yes. stuff. Yeah. It's
1: kind of eerily spooky how, like, how much our personalities mirror
0: yeah. them. And we also just, like, have a lot of, like, similarities in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I, you said spooky, which was great because we play this game during a big thunderstorm. Yeah, it was scary outside yeah and so it's really funny you can and kind scary of inside it. playing those <laughs> decks you could definitely catch um a lot of silly like things happening with the weather and it's just a great game in this we played kinnan and tim necrom so we don't need to get much into that but again it's one of the best games we filmed and mm-hmm. you should absolutely it's one of it the out.
1: most watched episodes yes episode. it's
0: one of the most watched episodes i get absolutely shut off by cam it's so funny please go watch it tori you also that's the game where You cast it. I did what is called a spite play. Well, before the spite play, you did a demonic consultation for a force of will, and it was what, like the third card? Yeah, and I died. So it's good, and it's worth watching. It's fun. Our next episode was Cover No Blue with Cover Go Blue and Aiden, which you can tell us how you know Aiden.
1: Yeah, so if you are in the competitive magic community, and you've seen Aiden before, and Chris, his dad, Aiden is essentially what we call a child prodigy of magic. Uh, Aiden gets coached by Nathan Stoyer and Aiden and Chris are just really awesome people. So I invited them down to come film with us and Nathan Stoyer and we had a great time. Aiden's a really good kid, really good at magic. And this was his
0: first time, I think, playing on a Commander show. So it was a lot of fun. We yeah. had a good time. I So one thing I want to note is we played a game with CGB and Nathan Stoyer that we unfortunately lost due to some camera and mic issues, which we're trying to fix this year. So subscribe to our Patreon. Thank you. But we... Got to film additional games, and I'm really glad that Aiden's games got to stay, because he was yes. a really fun, um, good, like, spirited player. Like, he was never salty, he made a lot of funny comments, and the decks he played were really good, too.
1: Yeah, Aiden's really, really cracked the magic, so it was fun to see how he built his decks, and see, to see him put all of the cool skills he's learned through coaching into not just you know constructed magic but also in commander
0: yeah very cool Uh you played mary in this one i got to play guillaume guillaume is one of my favorite silly food decks i would kind of put him on a b tier right now just because i'm trying out a five color food but if that doesn't work out he's gonna go back up <laughs> to a i love this deck he is a trampoly five three for Golgari and two colorless and at the beginning of your end step you create a number of food tokens equal to the number of non-token creatures you had to enter the battlefield under your control this turn this is again a very life gain life drain deck um i love academy academy manufacturer says mm-hmm. yes that card is always my favorite it's a staple in these decks i love making food clue and treasure tokens i will do it forever um this deck also if you sacrifice a food target creature gains indestructible until end of turn so this deck is very good for that. I use a lot of um Eldrain cards, so it's very fantasy themed. But also, I have cards like Hot Soup and things that don't need to be in the deck flavor. For flavor literally, Flavor Town. I told Tori I really need a like um Guy, Guy Fury. Fieri, like Guillaume <laughs> one too. So, um, I love this deck. It's really fun. Again, it's a beer. It's in a B place right now if my five color food deck does not work out the way i want to he'll go back up to a and we'll make some adjustments but it is a card i will always have my rotation i love this deck our next game was with mental misplay and dylan this was called play to misplay um in this you played tim necrom so that was awesome Love Mm -hmm. to see it. I played Paco Halden. Uh, This is the first time I played this deck. This is one of my favorite decks. I actually got to top 16 with it this year in a CDH tournament or last year since we're in 2024 now. But it was a very cool deck to try out. And I think this episode, if you're interested in playing the deck, really showcases what it does. Um, So this deck is a teamer deck. Uh, You have Halden, which is uh, the other commander partner and you can play non-creature spells from your exile with the half fetch counters on them. The way you get this is with Paco, arcane retriever who is a 3-3 with haste. So whenever Paco attacks, each player is gonna reveal the top card of their library. And for each non-creature card revealed this way, it'll get a plus one, plus one counter. So that means if everybody hits a non-creature, it'll get four counters and on turn, whatever this gets out, which is usually one or two, it'll be a seven, seven. Pretty good, very easy commander to build up and just do the combat damage thing. This deck really wants you to keep all opponents alive so you can get as many cards as possible to get to your win con or their win con, which has been done before and then you can cast those spells with Halden because he can cast those spells for mana of any color and you can play those lands it's just a very cool deck it has like the advantage or the disadvantage of everybody being able to see the cards that you do get with it so either it'll be like "Ooh, Lua has that spell I want her to burn it now or you can say hey buddies this is our counter spell mm-hmm. we can use it together so extra turns silly combat stuff this is a ST s tier deck for me i know it probably isn't the best deck in cdh but i do think it's really fun and has one uh big beefy commander two a lot of card draw advantages and three the ability to play other people's spells i did a team to pack the other day and ad nauseum like i've been able to do crazy stuff with it so yeah good deck. And rob other people i i love to do that <laughs> Our next episode was again with Aiden, and this time it was with Nathan. So Nathan came to play, as we mentioned before. Nathan didn't have any casual decks, so he borrowed my Auntie Blight deck. And Tori played Earl again, and I played Min. Min hasn't gotten a lot of spotlight. Um, This was one of the mono blue decks that I had made with Ian this year. She is a little illusions deck. So I wanted something that was like funny and and cute for blue because I feel like mono blue is always scary. It's always gross. Yeah, you don't want to play Urza. You don't want to play something crazy. So I felt like if I played Min, it's whenever you draw your second card each turn, you make a 1-1 blue illusion creature token. This creature gets plus one for each other illusion you control. So you basically try to make a bunch of illusions and whenever one dies, you may put a permanent card with mana value less than or equal to that card's power from your hand onto the battlefield. So I think it's a really cool ability and a fun way to do mono blue it is yeah you can be blue and fun yes look at that but it didn't get to do anything because nathan killed me very early, very early. on yeah. yeah yeah that's a good episode it's good we also don't know how to read wheel of misfortune um and so tori <laughs> took half your life total i think it didn't even matter it didn't matter the yeah. world champion killed us yes and so uh it is a silly game that i would absolutely say to go watch number 16 was another cdh game that Tori was not in so we're gonna skip to number 17 which was our 50 dollars budget decks with mod and ken in this episode Tori played marwin and i played budget slimefoot The Slimefoot deck didn't do what I needed to do. It's definitely like in the C tier of let me just scrap it for parts and then see what will happen. But I would be open to making another five like $50 budget deck for Slimefoot because I do think it's fun I like the Golgari thing of course and there's a lot of good like little sapperlings and fungus cards that will work really great with it however it didn't really pull through in this game but I like our $50 budgets and I think we should do more
1: I agree I played Marwyn the Nurturer so Marwyn is whenever another elf enters the battlefield under your control you put a plus one plus one counter on Marwyn uh, and you can tap it to add an amount of green equal to Marwyn's power Steve built this deck for me because I was like I need to build a budget deck and he was like well we have Marlin let's rip apart everything we have in the house and check it out on Moxfield to see if it's 50 bucks and it was. This deck slapped. This deck was an S tier budget deck and we've also played this and brought it with us to Vegas this year and it actually beat Miri and a bunch of other power level seven decks because it was just so cracked so this deck's awesome i think this is a great deck for people to check out that are either new to commander or if you want something that's fun and a little bit different you could build this budget or you could buy it budget and upgrade just a couple of cards and it's still insanely
0: good so yeah s tier for the budget s tier for the cards s tier for the fun yeah, I think Marwyn is just like a very good commander no matter what. I've definitely seen people trying to play her in CDH2. Our next episode was with Peachy Pop and Mook Dubs. This was the TikToker pod. TikTok it, it pod. was great. In this, you played Ural. I played Ural. And in this, I also played Nira. So Nira is one of my favorite commanders. She is expensive though she is four colorless a red and a blue to cast she is a two seven so that Mm -hmm. is a really nice thing she's also a human elf shaman which comes up a lot more than you would think so Nira is whenever you cast a spell you may put that card to the bottom of your library if you do you reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-land card and you may cast that card without paying its mana cost then you put the rest of the cards on the bottom of your library. So um, I love this commander. I think she's a really fun like chaos spell slinger deck. You get to put a lot of big things out. So right now she has a lot of Eldrazi in it so you can cast a small spell, flip into something big. I have a lot of instants and sorceries that will also have big effects as well and so I love playing this deck. I just put a river song in it uh, which is basically a card that lets you draw from the bottom of your deck. So now whenever river song is out I will pay for that cantrip to go out flip a big spell off the top and then put the other spell right on the bottom and that kind of just lets me constantly get those cantrips out and flip for a big thing which is awesome i would say she's an s tier for me um i think she could definitely use some tweaks here and there but everything that i've done to it recently has really made me feel like it is better than it is in this particular video so um, we filmed a new episode with her which you'll see soon and i think it's a really great deck the next episode tori didn't play but it was new Capena. commanders are built different i just wanted to give a quick shout out to tivet i think tivet is a great beginner commander and esper gives you all those card things that you want to happen um it's a voting deck you have a big flyer you can go and get your oh gosh time sieve yes time sieve with it and so you could do the thing where you have infinite turns and you kill everybody with your big commander it's also got the classic Thassa's oracle stuff in it if you want to have it you could play adenalzim if that is your cup of tea it is a great beginner deck very simple combo easy to learn so i just want to throw that out there um it's not for me i would kind of say it's on a b for me i wouldn't really reach for this deck again but if it, if it was a thing at the table i don't mind seeing it for cdh i think i want to build it for casual though i think it would be a fun silly like voting deck yeah uh and i would prefer that over the cdh deck i think the next episode was (laughs) the ballad of badgers and elves which we played with uh mook dubs again and our friend josh from Elden drunken highlander in this deck we played two different decks that i think the two of us weren't very fond of tori you borrowed our friend seth's brunaclad deck I did play
1: Brutaclad, the Telcor Engineer, four colorless, a white and a blue, or a blue and a red. This <laughs> commander is expensive. Uh, creature tokens you control have haste. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you create a 2-1 blue mirror artifact creature token, and you may choose a token you control, and if you do, each other token you control becomes a copy of that token. This is a good deck, in theory. This is a good deck for Seth to play. I could not get this deck to do anything. I kind of just sat around with it. So this is a D tier for me. It was dookie. But that was just for me. Seth's a great person. And Seth probably plays this deck really well. But for me, it was a big fat no. Uh, I think I want to make a artifact deck. It will not be with Brutaclad.
0: Mm -hmm. I understand that. I played Anith. And I could never say it. Yes. This was the pre-con that had came out for Commander Masters. And so I basically just took most of that, changed the mana base a little bit and added some cards into it because I was like, oh, let's try this, which... You know, we're all about black girl magic here. I was very f- stoked for this card. Excuse my French. Very, very excited for it. It did not give me what I wanted. So it's a 4-4 with menace. It is uh, two colors: a white, a black, and a green to cast. And other enchantment creatures you control have menace. When she enters the battlefield or attacks, you exile up to one target non-aura. Or, oh my god, this card has a lot of words. The point is, it does zombie stuff. And it doesn't really give me what I wanted out of an enchantment deck the way that I play Tatsunari I felt like that was exactly what I wanted and this deck is definitely a D tier for me I think the commander could be cool it's just not for me and I think that I would rather play something like Tatsunari that gives me the advantage of like a silly frog and doing a more fun thing Mm -hmm. than this which just like I would rather play like my Liliana deck or something else that has zombies in it versus this kind of concept I also missed blue a lot I think the white cards weren't like Super hidden for me besides Sithis, which I love. I would rather play Sithis over this commander in general. So I think she's a great design for a character, just not for me. Our next episode, we played CH again with Cam and Ken. This was a really fun one. I played Paco and Halden again, but this time you played Najeela. I did play Najeela. So Najila is two colorless
1: and a red, nice cheap commander. Uh, whenever a warrior attacks, you may have its controller create a 1-1 one, one white warrior creature token that's tapped and attacking, which is great because Najila is a warrior. For Wooburg, you can untap all attacking creatures and they gain life lifelink and haste until end of turn. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. And you can activate that ability during combat. This deck is awesome. It plays all the good cards because it has Wuburg in it. Najeela is one of the decks in 2024 that I would like to play a lot more of. I think this deck's really fun. I think it's great because the commander's pretty cheap. And it's also not as
0: confusing as Krakashima. Yeah.
1: So that will be a deck that I think is S tier and
0: will continue to be S tier and only get better. I think it's also S tier it's one that I have been playing as well recently I have played four games with it I've gone 2-2 with it this deck gives you everything you want you-, you can have your Thassa's Oracle you have your underworld breach uh, brain Phoenix LED combo stuff but you also can just use Nagila as a powerhouse to attack with a bunch of warriors and either just do combat damage that way you can get a grim hireling a Derevi out like there's just honestly so much that happens and also with this deck It just feels good. Every time I draw a set of cards, I'm like, wow, this feels really good to play. Having all of the mana colors that you can possibly have to do things with is fantastic. I think the hardest thing is maybe like using those fetches to get the correct mana that you need or the right like those are the kind of struggles with the deck but even then like she is so busted in herself she is definitely a hated commander people aren't going to want you to cast it but she costs three mana you could literally use one jeweled lotus and be like here's my commander or you could do it again like turn two or three like it's really not too difficult to get her out early so yeah s tier commander great beginner commander if you're looking to play cdh and yeah top tier our next episode and final episode of twenty twenty three was with our friends Peachy Pop and Cobert MTG, who are also yes. on TikTok.
1: Yes, and I played Peachy's deck. I played uh, is it Galia
0: or Galia? I thought it was Galia? No, no, that's correct, but I thought it was um Cobert's deck. Oh. Yeah.
1: Yes. You're <laughs> right. The Kindler of Hope. So it is a vigilance 4-4 commander. It is colorless, a green, a white, and a blue uh you may look at the top card of your library at any time and you can cast auras and enchantments from the top of your library and when you cast an equipment spell this way it gains one and enters the battlefield attached to a target creature you control which is awesome this is a deck that i don't think i got to really i don't think it popped off for me on the episode mm-hmm. but i would like to give this a shot and maybe build this someday on my own only because i do love equipment decks i do love playing hammer and modern so this deck sounds fun considering if you have this commander out you basically have a cigar to Zade. really cool deck i think this is underrated and it's probably like a like, a, like an a tier for someone who's really really played this a lot <laughs> and has their own list so on the episode it was kind of like a b for me but i think this could be Maybe uh maybe the relationship I wasn't expecting. This yeah. this could be the one I was like, you know, I passed it in the hallway in high school and just rolled my eyes. But <laughs> later
0: on, down the road, knew it was the one. I think that is a great way of looking at it. So that is everything that we play this year. Here is our beautiful uh, tier list in general. Y- you can make one for your own and let us know what your favorites were this year, too. I think... The biggest things for me going into next year, I really want to play Nira again. I really want to make those upgrades to Megan 11 that I was talking about. And um, I'm really excited to give Winota another go. What are you looking forward to playing? Uh, in 2024,
1: I am looking forward to finding a CDH deck that is for me. <laughs> Whether that be Blue Farm or Nagila. we'll see. Or maybe, just maybe, something new will come out considering the format is so unsolved. It there's stuff anything. all the time yeah. it could be anything it could be anything so maybe uh in 2024 i'm looking for that and i'm hoping to tinker with some of my decks like Yarl, and some of my other fan or classic favorites maybe i'll just rebuild miri a little bit and bring those back i'm very big on having my my favorite toys and just continuously playing with those toys all the time but i do need to build something new yeah some for new sure. new stuff for the show because i know you guys want to see new commanders and different decks on the show so we will be building different decks to play
0: You can do that by going to our Patreon. Our Patreon is as low as one US dollar. We have tiers for everything and everyone. We have some custom tokens and stickers that Tori does every month on there. And we also do um, monthly desk desk builds, deck builds or game We all go to Ikea
1: and we get a desk. Yeah, we 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 all get a
0: desk and we're there together. But we do these deck builds. So like Tori mentioned, Earl, I have um, some commanders that I built this year. We built a new Lara Croft deck. We built the Neskoole. We built a ton of stuff. So you'll be seeing those decks on the show this year. So if you want to give us any suggestions, you could do so on there we also would love if you can show some support to this podcast and let us know what you want to see from us this year we're going to be trying to do more of those set reviews so murders of Karloff manor you'll get some stuff for that soon and just really talking about stuff that inspires us with magic silly things maybe some interviews we would really love to hear what you want to hear from us
1: yeah so let us know in the comments and don't feel afraid to tell us what you want to see yes or hear while you're driving to work or Playing with legos on the floor and listening to (laughs) us talk
0: and lastly if you want tori's really cool beanie that she's wearing we have a bonfire store where you can get all your hot people play magic which was definitely the all-star it was the all-star of the year yeah Yeah. 2023 for sure um so we have new designs coming every month we try to put up one or two designs and uh there's tons of good stuff on there so definitely go check that out and thank you for listening we'll see you next time which is in like two weeks bye yes (laughs)
1: see you later (laughs)